0: Gentlemen, you're tuned in to a special TED Active 2011 episode of Alpha Geek Radio. I am your host, Gnome Wise, joined here by my annual brother, Ted Headster. Greetings. He has to work on picking up those cues a little faster so he's not staring at his telephone. I'm trying to tell somebody where the
1: alcohol, I mean, innocuous clear liquid. The are.
0: innocuous clear liquid, yes, the uh, drinking light is on blindingly bright this evening. So, for you diehard listeners who actually saw the tweet go out and actually read the front page of vtwproductions.com and knew that we were going on the air, we're only two hours late. Yeah. Apologies. Apologies. We were The conference
1: was not gentle with us.
0: No, the conference touched us in, in the Nanu Nanu zone. Show us on the doll where the bad conference touched you. Yeah, this is the whole thing about running the con, is when they call an additional unscheduled rehearsal that involves presentations played from the max, And they always work perfectly the first time. Oh, that's sarcasm, isn't it? Yeah. Thinly-veiled contempt. Ah, subtly different from sarcasm. Yes, so we had to do some uh, after-last presentation rehearsals for presentations people are giving here at TED Active tomorrow that ran wicked late. And then we actually had to come over here and finally set the freaking shoutcasting rig up. And lo, here we are. So thank you to all those of you who are joining us live in the IRC. We are interested in hearing your feedback on sound quality issues and the like. And we're a little sleep deprived, so please forgive us uh, our frequent distractions. Put the damn phone down or I'm going to kill you. What phone? I see. So... There we were in Palm Springs. I think you mean, no shit, there I was. was. Walking down this yellow brick road. We are working TED active. Now, for those of you who didn't join us last year or not been paying attention on the Versus the World forums, which you should be joining by going to VTWProductions.com and clicking on the forums tab at the top of the screen. Plugity plug McPlugster. You is, will comply. You will comply. You would know what TED is. TED is an annual conference, or one of many now, but the main technology entertainment design conference takes place in Long Beach, California, and we are the main simulcast site uh,
1: about 100 miles from there in Palm Springs. We are the original uh, simulcast site. It has expanded since.
0: Quite a bit. Uh, They have uh, changed to offering lots of different ways, including paying money to receive the web-based stream. So a lot of uh, organizations have sprung up and people doing their own miniature versions of TED where they uh watch the live stream over their internet connection with uh groups that
1: they have assembled. So that's a newish thing. They did it last year but to a much greater extent this year. Yeah, I got a text message actually from um uh some person I met at TED India and they went on to host um a TEDx regional one in the um, port no Tacoma area and now they're doing one at um, uh, another I think it's an Oregon school but they're doing another TEDx accent but they're using the stream as kind of their intro interested it yeah so a launching pad of
0: here's what the big guys are doing and we want to replicate something like that here uh, yeah Tedx is a thing that started about a year and a half ago really began picking up steam last year around this time it's a System whereby they allow you to license the uh, TED name and assets, and basically put on your own uh, TED. And all they ask is that you uh, send in the results of your presentations for the TED archive,
1: and yeah, obs- off you go. Yeah, observe some kind of branding guidelines. Yeah. Like they want a certain look with the fonts and the colors. Um, and uh, because they're a nonprofit organization, uh, they have a nonprofit bent, so they want. Um, They don't want you charging at all or very little just to cover expenses. So it's trying to keep the spirit of Ted.
0: Yep. So we are working IT on this, which means we got here early and we set up the computer network on top of which everything else has been built. Had a very interesting uh, experience whereby we helped reveal a problem with the hotel's existing in-place Wi-Fi coverage for the Grand Ballroom. Which probably
1: never worked
0: right. Yeah, just, they just the kind of crowd that this particular hotel gets the most of the rest of the year is not the same... Good Lord, my microphone just tried to leave me. Not the same uh, kind of technology-savvy crowd that is drawn to a conference like TED. So we very rapidly realized, hey, your Wi-Fi is broken in here. You know, This place where we're holding the main convention... Yeah, you probably want to look into that. So the poor local IT guys and their their contractor who runs the network uh, pulled an all-nighter on, uh, was that Friday night? No, that was Saturday night. No, Sunday night. It's all bleeding together, ladies and gentlemen, because damn, I'm sleep-deprived. But just before the convention, they pulled an all-nighter, basically retired or ripped out their existing access points and installed an entire new system, which has been working satisfactorily since then.
1: Yeah, they uh, they do track their util- utilization, and they've got a year of history. And you look at the whole year, and it's percolating around, you know, one two megabit. <laughs> and then you get to our conference, and all of a sudden it shoots up to the max, one hundred percent, one hundred percent of eight megabits, saturated. Um, Different
0: crowd. Yeah. The average person here has no less than two Wi Fi devices on them, then some have three or four. So it's usually a, a laptop and or tablet and a smartphone all jockeying for position. I'm going to kill you if you keep chewing those things in the microphone. <laughs> oh. Ladies and gentlemen, the sounds of my brother eating Mike and
1: Ike's while on the air. <sighs> but fortunately the webcam didn't turn itself on automatically and take my picture for my principal.
0: No, I left oh god, yeah, that's a whole other story air quotes automatically end air quotes yeah a lot of creepy people involved in that kind of thing that's exactly what high school students need is 24-7 365 monitoring of their activities through school issued laptops we just won't tell you that that capability while we silently turn it on at interesting hours of the day and night and mostly on the girls laptops funny that hmm not creepy at all Time so to indoctrinate my brother in again to the joy that is drop-ins. Are you smoking crack? Crack smoking addict, as our elder brother would say. Didn't I say something akin to that to your very good friend in high school? It's entirely possible. No, you said, "Beyond cocaine." So "No, that's just how he is." Without chemical intervention, boggles the mind. Yeah, he kind of um. Throw the ball! 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 <laughs> what? I'm feeling the love. Alright, so as far as the actual convention is concerned, now the deal that we have here is we show up, we build things, we fix things, what blow up, we fulfill uh, requirements that were never made clear to us until boots were on the ground, because this whole concept of planning ahead is foreign to certain artists. Just go with the flow, man. And the degree to which we do our jobs well, and make a network that does not break, will not break. It broke. It will not break. Is the is the degree to which we we, get to watch, we get to attend the conference. Uh, So it's been a mixed bag. There's been something we've been pulled away from. Uh, I missed the one the one freaking presentation that involved World of Warcraft. I, of course, got pulled backstage and could not watch.
1: Yes, that's a very uh, understandable principle called just your luck. And Murph- it's very reproducible. Murphy was an optimist. Thompson's corollary to Murphy's law.
0: But I'm not bitter. Not bitter. Not bitter.
1: No. Uh, never use that. This is wrong tool. You started it. No, you didn't. You did. You invaded Poland. You invaded Poland. Poland. Oh yes,
0: and in, in the evenings festivities, my my elder brother has been introducing me to uh, the Rowan Atkinson series, Blackadder. Bob. Those of you who are familiar with it know what the hell we're talking about. Those of you that don't are saying I'm going to turn this podcast off now because these guys are clearly weird. If you haven't figured that out after this many years of listening to me, I'm sorry you're not very perceptive. But I digress. But I digress. So we've had a few standout presentations already. Um, a couple of the very first day, the one that leapt out at me involved the virtual choir.
1: Yes, very, um, very impressive. And uh, innovative.
0: Very innovative and, and leverages that little thing that we like to call the internet or the intertubes or the webs. So this composer... Classical composer had an idea about crowdsourcing a performance of one of his choir pieces. And the method of crowdsourcing was going to be YouTube. So he published the sheet music for one of his pieces for anyone who wished to download it and had people audition for all the various parts and roles. And I think he included a piano track? Uh, He first first had just a direction track, which was just him against a black background going going, going through the motions of of directing an actual choir if there had been one there. And then later added a basic piano track just so people could track with where in the song they were. And then asked people to submit themselves via YouTube. A bit singing, video audio track, singing one of the parts, so alto, soprano, bass, baritone, whatever, and then they one guy did all of them. One guy recorded himself doing all eight parts and mixed them together, video and audio, and submitted himself, which I thought was a nice touch. Uh, and then the idea being they would mix all these thousands of submissions together into one massive choir performance. Uh, and they played a, a, a good chunk of that original, uh, which was, turns out, is now being referred to as Virtual Choir 1.0. Because what he was premiering today was a bit of the almost completed Virtual Choir 2.0. And,
1: and um, of course, it was uh, more sophisticated, more polished. Right. But the uh, same basic principles of you know these merged... Uh, but the,
0: but because of the word that had gotten out about the first go around, a lot more people from he said as, as far north as Alaska, as far south as New Zealand, and the demographics got wider, much wider.
1: Old people tried it, yeah,
0: because there are old people just just like you know there are women on the internet. There are old people on the internet too, more and more. But the actual presentation of you know this chunk of the finished product uh, was for me was extremely moving. Um, the video that they've sculpted, it's not just the audio tracks. They've taken the video and they've laid it together where it's a three-dimensional rendering of the composer directing and this massive wall of pictures of people
1: Singing, but it not only has the wall of people singing; it also has um, you know the picture, yeah, you know, mapped on the rotating spheres. You know, um, from what part of the world you're from, and it's yeah. very high production values,
0: and gorgeous. And this, it, people from the entire
1: world singing in one choir—that's pretty fun stuff. Yeah, it was, but it was more compelling to me was um, uh, the obvious passion. Uh, In which the people uh, put together their their, basically their auditions. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, This was clearly important. You could see in the emotion and the facial expression in their singing. They wanted to win this gig. Yeah. I want to qualify. They told some of the backstories
0: of I did 55 takes before I found the one that I wanted to submit. So they were willing to put in you know, fifty-five tries to
1: find the one that they were happy with because they wanted to be to get in on this that badly. And it was interesting to me that I mean, um, you know, the just the topic area. You know, it's choir singing. Okay, it, I, in high school and college, when I was there, uh, high s- choir singing wasn't particularly popular. It's kind of a niche uh, activity, but when you're drawing from the whole whole world you got a lot of talented, yeah, so they had a lot of, in terms of raw numbers, a lot of submissions, but in terms of percentages, you know, this seems like a a niche activity. Yeah, but the finished product is uh, impactful. Smashing. Yes. So, uh,
0: do a Google Google search on that one, Virtual Choir 2.0, and they have, I think later next month, they're releasing the final version, but you can can go out and see the completed version 1.0. And then know that something even bigger is on its way. Very fun. Very worthwhile. Yes. And that was from the first session. That one definitely landed squarely on my forehead and said, hey, you're at TED. Now, for those of you who may not know what TED is about, it is, uh, you can look at my blog post from yesterday. It's a group of people who gather together basically with the stated goal, the laughable stated goal of uh, changing the world. uh, Except for they actually mean it. And And some of them are rather well healed. And are in a position to actually make something happen. Yeah, which is one of one of the points of this uh, gathering. The main gathering at Long Beach is where most of that kind of person hangs out.
1: Mostly. Um, For example, they had some uh, um, some shots, um, audience shots. Demi Moore sitting next to Cameron Diaz, just mm-hmm. chatting away, hanging out. Um, that was the famous angle, and uh, there are a lot of rich people there, but you wouldn't know to look at them generally. Right, Everybody's wearing jeans and they, ties are not They keep permitted. themselves out of the, out of the press eye, but part of the goal is to get
0: causes in front of people who can support those causes and to
1: give people a shot at moving them. And, and not all of them are um, necessary, necessarily philanthropic, Mm-hmm. Causes, although some of them certainly are, but other ones are just interest-based causes, mm-hmm. like um, crowdsourcing um, the maps in um, Haiti after you know after the earthquake, with the, the terrain changed. We, we need new maps. Yeah, um, so that's the sort of thing that, well, while it has a humanistic kind of endeavor, it, you know, it's not a, like a nonprofit in the usual right. sense. Business networking. ...is heavily frowned upon at TED. It might happen, but it's frowned frowned upon if that is obviously your primary reason to be there. If someone, even just as
0: an attendee, at one of the social functions, it is considered an extremely bad taste to be working an angle or be in business mode. That's, That's not what this is about.
1: Now, if you're a kindred soul... A for a something, thing. A whole other thing. Yeah. yeah if, a, if a business venture were to, f, you know, form from that, uh, that would be okay. But it would be uh, a side effect. Yeah, would be an accidental
0: consequence, not your stated goal. I'm going to go to TED and find partners and investors. Aha.
1: Not cool, dude. Not cool, dude, dude. These are my cousins from California, yeah. dude. dude. Obscure. Prepare, movie to die, Erskine. Prepare to die. Prepare to die. I'll make sure they write that, that on, on your, your tombstone. tombstone. Exactly. Ah, so, other presentations thus far that stick out in your mind? Well, there was one that I thought I would not like, actually. And I ended up thinking um, that maybe I needed to change my mind. They had a um, full scale puppeteers operating a horse model. That was their ultimate demonstration. They started with a small scale hyena.
0: They said this is the predecessor to what ultimately became the full-size, rideable, three-puppeteer-controlled horse, warhorse. So think draft horse. It's an enormous
1: yeah. creature. Um, and it was good. It had it was, it was three human puppeteers. I, I think it had almost no, either zero or very little, um, uh, say, mechanical or electronic controls. Right. It's all cable, direct cable yeah. control. Um, the uh, I've been around horses uh, I've actually had riding lessons and they were actuating the horse's ears and eyes and head very faithfully to a horse because horses express a lot through their ears mm-hmm. and they were doing it now They had very obviously done their homework and done a
0: lot of watching of real horses interacting with real people and it's, this is for a stage production that they created these horses uh, because they're an integral part of this particular story. And the horse needed to be able to participate in a cavalry charge, um, hold riders, and they managed to design and mass produce, on a small scale, but produce, you know, and produce replacements and repair parts for this ongoing stage production. But the the mechanics of the actual puppet was impressive, the artistry of the puppeteers making it making you rapidly forget that you were looking at a puppet and realize despite the fact that it was a, a an artistic representation it was not a an attempt to make a realistic looking horse it was you could see through the frame of the horse it was all done in
1: bent reeds right um, but the things you could see were true uh, were true to the anatomy of a horse oh but God they goodness. weren't trying to mask no. the human puppeteers for right. example there no effort made
0: it was simply we're going to make you forget we're here because the We're going to be that good. The horse is going to be that alive to you, and yeah. and goddamn if they didn't pull that off, He did. Yeah, that one. Okay, that, uh, an awful lot of uh, work and love and care went into developing that level yeah. of artistry.
1: But when they started their um, they started their talk, I kind of wrote them off. I was kind of like, yeah, whatever. This is going to be you know uninspiring, mm-hmm. and I had to re- reconsider. Okay, we moved away from the small scale to the full scale, and
0: ah. I begin to understand
1: had something sort of like that uh, for I think it was a short um, there was a woman talking about a production of a um, a Broadway show about Spider-Man did you see that?
0: Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark
1: I I, I never heard of it but um, they've injured quite a few people (laughs) it's a very physical uh, production it looks like they've
0: been extremely ambitious with attempting to have the on stage stunts be very large and they're doing things that have simply never been attempted
1: before. Yeah. A lot of, you know, the web slinging and fl- literally flying around on cables. It's
0: Spider Man. I mean, and, and the Green Goblin on oh, his yes. uh, goblin glider. glider. Yeah. It's, uh. I forget the. F- there's a f- the female villain character they've created for that one. It's also all kinds of wire work. And, yeah, they've been in. Uh, pre-release for a large number of weeks and a lot of headline injuries and people walking away from the uh, from the production with bandages on and we observed something like that in our youth yeah the importance of hiring a professional rigger because um, we didn't have one at this production and it was what a good 20, 20, 25 foot drop a gentleman f- from sliding down a rope losing his grip landing flat on his back. I think every molecule of the back half of his body, from his heels to the back of his head, contacted the stage simultaneously. And somehow he held it together, stood up, walked off stage, and then collapsed in a heap. Because the show must go on. The show must go on. He was thespian through and through. And the very next morning we had a professional rigger there saying, what the hell were you thinking? And showing them how to do it right. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but like uh, You know when you go unconscious You still won't fall Because <laughs> i rigged you in this way Exactly
0: mm. Totally different approach uh, Yeah so I, That one actually Well got called away from So I didn't actually get to see that one Which interested me And of course I wasn't able to see it But I'm not bitter I am not bitter
1: I say nay nay I, not say, bitter.
0: Nay, I say nay nay uh, We had Uncle Bill Uncle Bill was on stage today
1: yeah, be, I wanted to be very skeptical of that. That'd be Bill Gates. And I, I didn't get to see a lot of it. I was pulled away for some support, but... Um, he was not... He was uh, not... Presenting. No, he wasn't a pre- presenting, and he did curate it. Right. He cu- When you curate And I wanted section, to hate him, but...
0: It's Uncle Bill, but he's retired, and he's off doing well, altruistic things now.
1: Yeah, and uh, some of the speakers uh, um, seemed like they were doing um, good work. When you curate... A segment here, you're responsible for
0: going out and finding the people that you think would be good speakers and and arranging it and making it happen. Yeah, it's
1: like a music arranger or a museum curator or maybe uh, a printed editor. Yeah. You've got overall control of what's going in.
0: He had brought in a gentleman who was instrumental in the attempt to eradicate polio, which is No small undertaking and gave a lot of the details on why this is not as easy as it was when we took out smallpox. And good insight into why we should do this, why attempting to, quote, contain polio is not satisfactory. Destined to fail. Destined to fail and not, you know, do do not give in to the desire to. Gosh, this is hard. Can't we just control it and not eradicate it? Uh, No, we need to finish this. Uh, what else was included in his segment? Because I could pull away a lot as well. We had... Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence came later.
1: Um okay. I see the names, but I cannot <laughs> remember. We, I see. So on our, we've got our badges. The front of our badges, which are small license plates, they're really quite big, um, have our picture and what to talk about with us and our names. But on the back, they've got the schedule. So keep grabbing your badge, and you pull it in front of your nose, and look, see what's next. Okay, so let's see. Now, tomorrow morning, we're going to start with Ted U, and then after that, we're going to do Invention and Consequence. And at least you know the names, but... Um, Unless you're really connected, you don't know what these names are. So then you no. go to your uh, your application or your book and say... iPad app. Yes, and find out the biography of the person.
0: Oh, yes, my iPad was obsolete today. Thank you, Uncle Steve.
1: I hate you. They
0: announced the iPad 2 today.
1: I thought it was going to be the iPhone Plus One. The iPad 2 was released today. And, uh, how how old the iPad? Almost a, a little under a year. Oh, really? That, that long? Mm-hmm. Hmm
0: iPad 2, faster processor, front and rear-mounted cameras. We
1: they knew the front cameras were coming. Thinner, away. lighter. But, you know, the, the front camera was, had a place on the circuit oh, yeah. board. No, there were shutter points for it. They just <laughs> jettisoned it <at> the last <laughs> the second. the last second, they're like, eh, this, this ain't, isn't working This yet. is not
0: ready yet. It's not ripe. In typical Apple
1: form. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Every time Apple comes out with a product, somebody burns you know, a pile of money and, and buys whatever it is and disassembles it. <laughs> oh, God, yes.
0: We count on them. Uh, Gizmodo and, and the like, Apple's bestest buddies ever.
1: Found I don't. It. I don't think Apple has the best opinion of them. No, not since they
0: bought that uh, found iPhone four prototype and <laughs> tore it apart on the web
1: within hours. Look what we found it, and we're pretty sure it's the real deal. I'm but, sorry <laughs> that our our intern employee left it on a bar stool <laughs> after getting really drunk on good
0: German beer. Yeah, but tell us how you really feel are right, coming up on the half hour mark so we'll take a uh, innocuous clear liquid break and play you a little music while we gather our thoughts. You are listening to Alpha Geek Radio live on Versus the World Radio. Check us out on the web at vtwproductions.com. If you're not in internet relay chat, you should be. Come to the website, click on the chat button at the top of the page. Come to Get Butthead. It. I love you. Come to Butthead. I have braces. I see you have braces. Two. This is the coolest thing that I have ever seen. Alright, we'll be back after a little bit of this. We have some Hatchback Harmony 2.0 coming to you from XORB. I am No Wise, you are the world, and we are versus you. Radio continues live on versus the world radio Productions.com. and we come into the second half of our little show here from Ted Active 2011 in Palm Springs California that reminds me I need to get a hold of Sakani who said come I will buy
1: you a drink and just there has been no time Sakani sorry I will try to call you later tomorrow is she the short physician oncologist
0: no Sakani huh. is one of our listeners who when he heard we were coming here sent me a A direct message via Twitter and said, hey, you're coming to Palm Springs. I live here. I will buy you a drink. I actually spoke to him the other day and said, I'm not sure what my schedule is going to be like, but we will try to get together.
1: Today might not be your day. No, Tomorrow doesn't look good either. (laughs)
0: Yes, tomorrow's not looking good either. It's a little crazy hectic around here, but in a profoundly good way. So if you look at the uh, little blog entry I posted, I was put in mind of a quote from uh, the great late, dearly departed, why do you have to die, you bastard, Douglas Adams. And the quote goes along the lines of, but there are always people who will overdo things, and sometimes we have need of them. And it struck me as, yeah, that's what we have here, is a large group of people
1: who are clearly... Overdoing it
0: in the best possible way.
1: Yeah, because the rest of the world is very content with um, an excess of normalcy or mediocrity, <sighs> status quo. Status quo. You don't. don't you we should... don't hold them in, in esteem. We hold, you know, the, the crazy people in esteem once they reach a certain level. But whatever you do, do not stand on the elevator facing the wrong way. <laughs> I make a point of doing this as much as I can. I imagine you would, because you're you.
0: If they give you ruled paper right the the other way, way, you don't normally get faced with a concentration of that type of person to the extent you do at a function like this, whose stated goal is to have exactly this attitude towards life of, if you see something that needs fixing,
1: you'd better get to it, because... Well, people just having fun. Like, it seems every year this pug dog, Dewey, brings his human to the TED conference. Yes, though Dewey does rather desperately need a
0: diet at this point.
1: Dewey is a little portly these years. A little around. Uh, apparent, apparently his uh, vet uh, uh, chastised his human saying, yeah, we need to change this. We things. need to work on something here. Because I swear it's all muscle.
0: Not so much anymore. Last year you could have made that case. This year is a little cylinder with legs. She is, uh, yeah. Cute. Cute as a button, just having a little bit of a hard time, you know, walking. Push. Don't
1: mention these inconvenient facts. Push
0: the the inconvenient facts, and yeah. But that's part of the fun, is uh, running into uh, familiar faces from previous years. Now, you have a much longer history at this than I do. Were I've... they
1: supposed to have the champagne and toast tonight? Did I miss that?
0: Uh, yes, that was in the presidential suite while we were doing the rehearsal. So
1: ah. we, we had no chance in hell of making it to that. So I could have gone. Only you had to do the rehearsal. Fine, be that way. Well, you've usurped you me. Apparently, um, you, you're the more sought-after tech support person, and I actually bow before your superior technology because you work with this stuff regularly. I work with the end-user product
0: more yeah uh, these are, we got a lot of end-users here and they're in life but if the backbone was hosed I would not have I would not be being called upon to fix the minutiae because the macro would be having severe issues so between us we form a complete human being that can build a network and then also support end-users which is we're nothing. dumb enough to use Microsoft Entourage for email. But we're not bitter. I am not bitter. Yes. We have one of our end users who kept on complaining about, can't get on the internet. I can't get on the internet. And ultimately, after many visits and saying, your internet's rock solid. it's We, we got you a hard line, and it's rock solid. Come to understand what she meant to say was, my email is not I sending. Yes, I can't send email, which is quite different from my internet's not working. Come to understand oh, your Entourage database is corrupt because that's what Entourage databases do when you don't look at them and when you do look at them and when you run them and don't run them. And But I'm not bitter. Uncle Bill
1: the Philanthropist, yes. I think he got out of the software business because he realized he wasn't really that good at it. Fine. But Balmer ain't exactly an upgrade.
0: I'm just saying. Developers, 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 developers. Anyway, the so yeah, that's you know that's our particular challenge of people being people, and you can't fix stupid, but you can engineer around it. But sometimes you got to polish a
1: turd. And on MythBusters, they prove that you can. Did you see that episode? That is so wrong. <laughs> no, I did not see. You know how much television I do watch. Jamie Heineman and Adam Savage. Not only polished turds, but they discovered the
0: best animal source to use to obtain the turd that you will
1: then polish. I'm not listening to you. La, 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 la. I believe giraffe was the winner.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've got my dream list of people I would like to interview, and and Adam Savage and Damien Honeyman are definitely on the list. Adam Savage in particular, because from... I think he did a TED Talk. He did. Oh. On Obsession. Um, And he is obviously the extrovert of that uh, pairing, um, but is also a very good storyteller. I I aspire to be half as good a storyteller as he appears to be just by walking around and breathing. But I'm not jealous or anything, you know, or bitter. I hate you all. The, I would love to interview him because I think it would just be an incredibly fun ride to put him in front of a microphone and say, and go. And three hours later, uh, after you recover from the paroxysms of laughter uh, and joy, uh, you record it and you have a great interview on your hands. You just keep doing the loud shit right in front of the microphone, don't you?
1: You told me I had to be a centimeter in front of it. Okay, my glass is like 20 centimeters away. I love you. You're brotherly.
0: Don't give in, sleepers for the week. This will be recorded as an archive, Mahif, so you can you can go to sleep and you will be able to download this. We didn't we don't exactly have a lot of lead time on announcing when we're doing these things, so we didn't expect a very large live listening audience. This is this is purely for the podcast audience, so. If you need to sleep, for the love of God, sleep. And we actually we only have uh, twenty more minutes of this, so. Back to TED Active two thousand eleven. We had uh, the out-of-session uh, design here is very deliberate uh, in its
1: intent to force people to interact with each other. When you say here, are you referring to Ted, the TED Active site, or do you mean the intersessions at both TED sites? I'm assuming it's similar. I can't speak to
0: TED Long Beach, um, but I'm assuming they have a similar setup. But here, everything is designed to encourage you to the point of forcing you to interact with new people. Me kinda like the picnic lunch. That's exactly where I was headed with this. So <laughs> Ted Headster and I are in line for the picnic lunch today. And the by design yesterday. yesterday see it's all running together. It's just it's a blur, man. The they would take people in groups of four or six. And as they lined, as, up. as just as you walked up, and if you thought you were in a group of people previously, you, you suddenly new, weren't. Suddenly, Ted Hester was going off with one group, and I was going off with another group. And they would hand you a pre-made basket uh, of oh food, picnic basket of oh food, a picnic basket, boo boo. And you would go grab yourself a bit of turf and sit down and have a meal with complete strangers. Who conveniently are wearing these license plate-sized name badges? Talk to you about one of three things. So on mine, it says my name and versus the world productions, and talk to me about mobile computing, internet radio, and home brewing. So everyone has at least three talking points on their license plate, so you have at least a conversation starter. Um, That's not the weather or the local sports franchise. Yeah, exactly. How about that local sports franchise, huh? They scored many goal units in their competition last night. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so they cut to the chase. They're like, what is this BS? Okay, talk to me something I'm passionate about. And I was set with uh, one person
0: from uh, Nebraska, one from New Zealand, and a gentleman from Lebanon, and a gentleman from Egypt.
1: So there's an eclectic mix for yeah. you. Yeah. I bet you the Egyptian and the Lebanese had a lot on their mind.
0: Yes, we had just seen the talk from the uh, founder of Al Jazeera earlier that day, who was talking about the recent events in Egypt um, and just in that entire region, and how he's he was saying that this is not minor; things are not going back to the way they were ever. This is a genie that cannot be put back in the bottle of the revolution without a charismatic leader. Because you don't need one of those anymore. You just need
1: a group a of frustrated, a very frustrated a populace citizen-y.
0: that was able to communicate with each other. So, yes, they, they were obviously talking about that, a bit. but they also they are having a fun time of just, you know, your name
1: in my language is my favorite food. He's like, yeah, I know, I know, I get that all the time. But I figure they might be poking fun at their regional accents. because uh, I took a one semester Arabic class, and I learned that you know they have regional accents just like you know we do in English. You know, Texan, you know, North Carolina, and Californian. Um, so like, there's a the Levant Levantine accent is from the region of Lebanon, and it's very different from my Arabic instructor who is Moroccan. Um, and uh, they think each other's accents are cute. Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like, hey there, Aaron.
1: That's Harun. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> oh, Harun. Nice to meet you. You're in America. We call you Aaron. Yes,
1: but yeah. I'm not from here. <laughs> I haven't had a, a ton of conversations yet. I aspire to. We'll see how tomorrow works out. But I did have one interesting one with, um, you know, kind of a mid- middle aged, just starting to be senior citizen guy. And. um he worked with a company that uh, s- spun up um, from basically nothing, uh, a company after 9-11, to create smallpox vaccines. Because he said the last batch of smallpox vaccines were made in 1980. Mm-hmm. and it's been uh, eradicated. It's been eradicated. And uh, the only stores that they had were in uh, at the CDC in Atlanta and also in Moscow. But unfortunately in Moscow, they created, like, thousands of gallons of it and they can't quite account for it all yeah so um they they spun up a company a small company out of nothing and um produced huge quantities of vaccine and they have to create twenty thousand fresh vaccines every year and i thought you know what i just don't bump into people doing stuff like this too often yeah so it was kind of neat
0: one of the short they have the full TED Talks that are, what, 18 minutes is the standard? That's correct. And they will intersperse them with the short talks, two or three minutes. And there was one gentleman who's presenting, who's a physician, who. chiropractor? No, uh, orthopedic surgeon. Orthopedic surgeon. Who, after witnessing the horrifying events of 9 11, specifically the people leaping to their deaths from the burning building because they had no avenue of escape, uh, determined that there must be a a better way for the people who are blocked from a stairwell or people who are handicapped and are incapable of using a stairwell to have a better way of being rescued or rescuing themselves other than wait in the stairwell till they find you. We saw how well that worked out. So he designed this self-rescue tool for high-rise buildings. It's basically a spool of cable with a descending system. Yeah, okay. with an automated descending system that you don't need to know how to repel to safely use. It, uh, basically a... a it's got a governor on it. A harness that you put yourself into yeah. and secure it. And uh, One would assume that the only thing you would need to do on the building is to put these securing points all over the place mm-hmm. and put your carabiner through that, sling yourself over the side of the building, and then it lowers you safely to the ground.
1: At six feet per second. Yep.
0: And went from concept to product in the intervening ten years and had his little promo video.
1: Three minutes of fame. Three
0: minutes of, I did this, I think you should know about it, and I'm off.
1: Now, did you see the guy who talked about teaching philosophy to um, a 17-year-old in prison for murder, 25 to life? No, I did not. He made a really good case. Um, I'm not even sure what he was... I'm not sure if he was promoting anything or just telling a story. He was just telling a story, basically, of... Um, I met this I guy. Know, What's, you know, he's a, a kid who shot a guy and he died um, and got 25 to life. he uh, well, um, got a life sentence and parole possible at 25 years. And... Um, uh, he, the, this... Philosophy instructor wanted to say, "Well, um, I'm going to teach you about um, what does it mean to be right and what does it mean to be wrong." And you know, this angry young man said, "I know what's wrong. You know, I'm here because I people remind me of it every day." He said, really? Maybe you do, but can you define it? Can you you know tell me what articulate that? You know, articulate what you know. What are the what are the features of right and what are the features of wrong? And um, the student. Uh, Kind of paused because he was certain of himself, but he'd never been challenged like this. Um, But uh, basically the way he described it is this apparently turned out to be a star student um, who redirected his anger into, well, you know what? Maybe I don't know what right is and wrong is because I've been challenged to think about this. But he rose to the occasion. It was just a quick three minute talk, but it was um, was quite captivating. I'm pretty sure we'll see that on the site. Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, the uh, if you're not familiar with the TED organization, they will sift through the masses of reams of raw material they're creating at these conferences and post the most impactful ones. And they'll, they'll stagger them so that there's fresh content coming out every week uh, for eternity at this point because they're producing a lot more than they used to.
1: And it is a, And they're uh, also drawing from the TEDx ones. Exactly. That's what I was referring to, the extra production. Yeah. Um, but don't get us wrong. There are plenty of uh, presentations, both at TEDx and at the real TED, that are not aspiring as they should be.
0: Not, I mean, I use Benoit Mandelbrot as the case in point, the now dearly departed. Um, reading about him and his work as kind of a mathematics fanboy fascinating guy, and very non-traditional angle he came into mathematics from, and the groundbreaking ideas he came up with, he presented last year. He bombed. It was I couldn't watch it, it was was, borderline painful of, okay you are a mathematical genius, and have no presentation skills whatsoever. So honor you, (laughs) give you the nod of thank you for existing and doing what you do. That really wasn't that interesting (laughs) because you just didn't have the ability to get all the stuff in your brain out through your mouth. At the same time, you see people presenting on really simple topics who sometimes get a rousing response from the audience just because they are excellent presenters and can just work a crowd naturally. Um, So you come away from those saying, hey, that was really great. But that's something I already knew or
1: understand. Right, it was, it was a lot of
0: fun, but it, it, there wasn't really
1: anything groundbreaking in there. Do you remember singing "Happy Birthday"? Were you there for that one? Oh, absolutely. They have that was that was last year, right? When he, I think so, yeah. We,
0: we reused those ideas today. Actually, we sang "Happy Birthday" to all the people who will be having birthdays during TED. But last year, there was just a presentation of. If you stop to think about. You know this whole singing of happy birthday to honor someone's birth anniversary, and just made you think about the act of I'm singing to honor your existence. Um, and it, just, it turned into a we're going to get together, we're going to
1: sing it to each other. It was impassioned. It was uh, energetic, purposeful. Mm-hmm. It was directed. Uh, you know, he, of course, he had to sing it you know the the, the normal way first time. Right. And we are totally disengaged. Yes. And we were the zombies. And at the end... Um, now we're going to do it right. We had a blast, and we meant it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't rote. And that is... I mean, was there anything
0: groundbreaking in that? We were singing Happy, happy birthday. birthday. But the way it was presented made all, all the, the difference. difference. So... Are we going to change the world with
1: singing Happy Birthday seriously? No, no we're, we're not. not. Well, a, little Lo- very, a little bit.
0: Very localized phenomenon. Yeah. But
1: was he a good presenter? Oh, oh hell God, yes! yes.
0: <laughs> I was saddened to hear that Z-Frank will not be presenting this year. That's what yeah. I rather look
1: forward to. He um he bagged. He bagged on us. We have to hunt him down like the dog that, that he is. is. Z-Frank. I mean, very he'd funny He better be going to his grandmother's funeral, funeral or something. Or something. <laughs> we done. <laughs> Oh, Will Wheaton! It was never off. <laughs> <laughs> I do so love that that whole fake.
0: Eh, I get to go play
1: Evil Will Wheaton. <sighs> but we digress. I do indeed digress. Yeah. yeah. So there are some um, very um, important, credible people who give talks who are not good public speakers, mm-hmm. and there are some people doing this stuff that's arguably fluff, and they're great presenters. Now, a fun
0: one that got announced this year is the new TED-Ed initiative, which is the...
1: Yeah, that was Logan. I remember him. Yeah.
0: They have uh, education. They wanted to partner with education providers and educational institutions to make use of this massive database of really educationally appropriate content.
1: I wonder if they'll run them out of school districts like they do
0: Jamie Oliver. Don't know. We did have a return visit from Jamie Oliver this year, our hyperkinetic, uh, dyslexic. Yeah, cat. man, he's
1: Mr. Shiny Thing or yeah. squirrel. Ooh, sh- wow. squirrel. Squirrel, uh, Yeah, keeping him on topic this year was a bit of a challenge. Um, so he was last year's Ted well, Prize winner. They, they were
0: reviewing uh, Ted Prize winners and, and giving status reports, which I, which I very much like that they, we're keeping an eye on these things that we've put in motion, we're going to report back to you the successes and the not-so-successes. We're not going to shy away from or not mention those things that didn't pan out. We're going to say we're very concerned about the way things are going on these things. Uh, if you are con- interested in this, maybe you want to renew your interest and your support for it. So it's, it's a nice no-BS approach of we're trying to do these things, and we will look directly at the ones that don't work out and hope to learn from them. Um, the TED Prize is a, a new, newer development. Yeah, it didn't exist in the first many years of the TED uh, uh, conference. The idea is they pick someone, give them a hundred thousand dollars, and more, ask the community. More importantly, they stand the person up right after their presentation in front of the Long Beach room of aforementioned rich movers old and, white men. Isn't that true. Um, movers and shakers and solicit commitments from them right then and there. I think we talked about this last it's year. It's a lot like hard-pressure car sales. It is, and it works. Um, now, you can see in the case of Jamie Oliver from last year, we have a very high profile, because he immediately had, he had come from production last year of his television series, Jamie Oliver's Food Revolution, where he, you know tried to bring the model that he'd constructed in the UK here to try and reform school lunches into something other than pre-processed food of doom. Into hey, let's cook from scratch, so he's
1: able to report on the success and the challenges of that. Yeah, he was furious last year that they were counting potatoes as a vegetable, and you know when you look at critically, potato is no, 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 starch. Not, no, oh, French fries, fries, fries as a vegetable. As, as a vegetable.
0: Um, oh, he was furious. And this year, he was saying you know, they had finished with the community that they did last year, which was they had deliberately chosen. The one that had the highest rates of obesity, childhood obesity. West Virginia. West Virginia. And this year, they moved over to Los Angeles. And you started talking about the Los Angeles Unified School District and the uh, 1,012 schools that he's banned from. uh, Because he's not welcome there. And persona non grata. And worked in one of their charter schools through a partnership, got blessing for about seven weeks weeks before before they ran them out. For the lawyers for the UCR,
1: Los Angeles Angeles Unified Unified School School District, District. found a
0: way to kick them out of that one as well. It's like, uh, we're doing this by hook or by crook,
1: uh, and we are being fought on it. I'm I'm sure that they are uh, afraid that they're going to be shamed. Because they know that what they're doing
0: is shameful. Um, sorry guys this is the bright light of the information age which was referred to in the uh, Al Jazeera speech uh, the first day which the, you know, the big change is the dictators and despots favorite tool of controlling information is make sure, just make sure that people don't know that they're miserable don't know that there's a better way uh, the cats out of the bag. They they know when they're being screwed, and
1: this is just another example of that. Of yeah, there's actually a TED connection with that through Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel years ago gave a presentation at TED about trying to get old cell phones uh, recycled and get them in the third world countries with the repressive regimes, so they can use the integrated cameras and um, you know the. SMS the s- messaging. The still cameras, the SMS messages, and some of the newer ones with their, the movie-taking capabilities. Mm-hmm. Get them in the hands of people recording the atrocities that are being committed against their people. Because um, the governments will use their propaganda machines. To rewrite and, history. To, yeah. For example, tri- uh, um, in uh, uh, Libya, they were saying that it was uh, drug addicts that were rioting. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're going to have a measure of success with that. Until they're confronted with things like live video of their police and army firing on unarmed c- civilians and they inter- you know, they're shamed in front of the international community mm-hmm. and the, back to the
0: uh, founder of Al Jazeera's talk about uh, things referring to Egypt where the Egyptians were saying please do not stop filming as long as you're filming us we are safe As soon as, you know, they they know that if they, what they do to us is going to be transmitted to the world, that keeps the men with the guns in check. So, please don't leave. You have to stay with the cameras. If the cameras leave, they're going to kill us. He said that this was a profound illustration of the power of media. And an, some, an
1: uncontrolled media as opposed to, to a government-controlled one. Right.
0: Um, so illustrating that you know, having the beginnings of a free press, but the information tools in the hands of individuals. So that, you know they're referring to as the Facebook revolution or revolution 2.0, where you don't need a Che Guevara. You don't need a Lech Walesa, You just need a lot or of people. Or an
1: Ayatollah Khomeini. Yeah,
0: indeed. You just need a lot of people communicating well and agreeing we will be
1: in the square at this time to peacefully protest yeah it was amusing how um egypt you know promptly attempted to shut down internet connectivity but um the genie was out of the bottle yep the word word
0: got out and there were various i think there's some french isps that were offering dial-up access yeah
1: dial-up access saying Dust off those analog modems, people, because all you need to be able to do is send text. And there's a precedent for that, even, because um, you remember when the Soviet Union broke up and uh, this, the communist leadership were not real keen on that? They organized themselves using extremely, you know, moderate tech fax machines to get the word out. Just yep. Uh, how do you control fax machines? You can't. You turn off the phone network. Well, you cripple everything when you do that. Right. you know, we they're, can't they're, do they're that. They're not prepared for the backlash of turning off a general-purpose tool like telephone lines uh, yeah. in hopes of shutting down fax machines. It, it, they won't do that. Yeah. It's an
0: interesting and changing world we are living in. And, and several of the talks have been And I'm, been I'm very
1: hopeful, that. actually, that um, these multi-purpose tools... Are just critical enough that they they, they won't shut them off, um, because um, you know, you've got powerful businesses saying you can't you, do that. You can't do that. We need that, and you know we're pulling your puppet strings right. to keep you in place. And- well, there, I mean, there's a
0: very old saying, and
1: it's it's enjoying new uh,
0: uses and credibility. simply that the truth will set you free. The truth is getting into more people's hands more quickly with these new tools. Yeah. So, yay, huzzahuzzah
1: technology. Sometimes you do things that are just plain right and good. Yeah. But they're, mo- they're general purpose tools. Okay? Those same tools are allowing governments to data mine your email. Oh, but of course. Like I said, sometimes. I'm going, going on fishing expeditions.
0: Yes, ladies and gentlemen, my brother Ted Headster is a privacy wonk, as I have mentioned before. And sometimes we have need of him. Looking at you, Facebook. Anyway, that about wraps it up for this evening's coverage from TED Active 2011. This is Alpha Geek Radio playing on Versus the World Productions, vtwproductions.com. If you have questions, please send them in to the show at alphageekradio.com. That is the show at alphageekradio.com. We should get one or two more live broadcasts in, at least before we wrap things up completely here. And I don't see why we would not be back to normal Casually Hardcore this coming Sunday. I will be well and truly firmly back in Phoenix by then and be beaten about the head and neck by my uh, loving wife. (laughs) You know what I went through. You could do this. Yes, I love you. You're pretty. I love you. You're pretty. (laughs) Excuse me. All right, you have been listening to us. We have been sending to you. I have been Gnomewise. I am Ted Hitzer. And we
1: are out of here. Be well. Be safe.